we have to be nice about cats this week because um, I got in trouble about about my comment last week. Welcome to the Harry Potter Virgin, where three Potterheads guide a wizarding world virgin on their first journey from platform nine and three quarters. On this show, our resident muggle Rob will share his experience of reading the original Harry Potter series for the first time in his 30-something years. He'll be helped along the way by three veterans of the Potterverse. This is episode three. Rob, you're a muggle. Today, Rob is giving us his thoughts on chapters four to six of book one, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Before he joins us, let me bring in my co-host to set the scene. Welcome, Millers. Hello. And Phil. Sunshine daisies, buttermallow. Turn this stupid fat rat yellow. Whee! Great spell. <laughs> A great spell. So before we bring Rob in, thanks for the lovely comments and questions we've received after episode two. A couple, um, you know, we will be putting to Rob and we will be answering later in the deep dive as um, some of them do contain spoilers not suitable for Rob's ears. So let's just crack right on with this section of the book. Um, Millers, could you just give us a very quick summary of Um, chapter four? I've Um, written it down. Go ahead. Okay. Hagrid tells Harry he is a wizard. Dudley gets a pigtail. Bill, um, chapter five, what what happened there? Okay, I haven't written it down. So basically they wake up in the hut on the rock. Um, Hagrid's, uh, Harry's like, is it all a dream? And then he sees Hagrid's coat falls off him and he realises, no, it's not a dream. So anyway, then they go to Diagon Alley to buy all the school's stuff. And yeah. um, on the way into the Leaky Cauldron, he meets Professor Quirrell mm-hmm. and... Um, Turns out Quirrell's his teacher at school and he's super famous. Everybody knows who he is. And then they mm-hmm. go to Diagonale and they buy all the school stuff and they go to Gringotts. It turns out that Harry's got a big vault full of loads of riches in it, uh, buried deep under London. And there's a sign on the wall in Gringotts that um, tells you never, ever, ever to steal from Gringotts. And he buys a wand and he meets um, a nasty, snobby boy in Madame Malkin's as he's getting his robe sorted. And then at the end of the day, after Hagrid's bought him an owl for his birthday, he um, has a cheeky little hamburger and then he gets on the train back to the Dursleys. If the summarising is the skill... I definitely win. Okay. Yeah, you, well, yeah. Okay. They were both. They were both good summaries, and all the money raised will be for both summaries. <laughs> Chapter six, journey from platform nine and three quarters. Harry gets to the station and he's devastated because he can't figure out how to get onto the platform. He comes across a wizard family and they help him get on. On the train, he meets a nice boy called Ron. He meets a couple of other kids, including the uh, nasty kid that Phil mentioned from the robe shop, Draco Malfoy. They obviously don't get on. Uh, We learn a little bit um, from Ron about Dumbledore and then they get to school and they arrive. They get off on boats and they're just about to enter the castle where the chapter breaks off. Miller's any comments on my summary or? Still think I win. Okay. well. (laughs) Without further ado, let's bring in the star of the show, Rob, to see what he made of these three chapters. Hold on, just before we bring him in, let's just very quickly just have a little prediction from everyone what they think in general he's going to say. I think he's going to be really excited by them. I think he's still going to be, I think he will mention lazy writing. I think he will kind of Mm. go into that a little bit. Um, But 
I think these chapters are really exciting because it, this is really where you start seeing the magic. And I'm sure he'll start to feel warm and excited about it, especially when he goes to Diagon Alley and he sees, you know, she's literally thought of everything. I think the initial instinct is to think, oh, she won't have thought of that or she won't have thought of this. But she kind okay. of has. Millis? I think he might be a bit angry when he meets Deedless Diddle again. That's true. He doesn't I think like that him. might be a bad thing. He yeah. was annoyed by Diggle. Um, I, I love Diagon Alley. I think it's amazing. And I'm just a bit like, I just feel apprehensive now. I'm worried because I will be angry with him if he doesn't like Diagon Alley. I am concerned that Rob will not have enjoyed these three chapters as much as he was maybe hoping that he would. At the end of the last um, episode, you know, he basically said, I struggle not to carry on. I'll be surprised if he says that this time. So let's just see. We're going to bring him in, the star of the show. Here's Rob. All right, nerds. How are we doing? Yeah, we're doing well. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not muck about. Rob, start chapter four. What did you think of... What's, what's the name of that chapter? It's the Keeper of the Keys, a.k.a. the Caretaker. That's what he is. Okay, go for it, go for it Rob. Go for it. Uh, so Hagrid comes in. We, we left it with the knock at the door. He comes in. I was right. So quite pleased about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, he starts sort of knocking the Dursleys about. And um, he's basically the sort of manifestation of all the readers' annoyances. And starts talking to them how how we would, I think. Um, and yeah, forces through the old letter situation, which has been backing up. And yeah, yeah starts telling Harry everything. And it's muggles, muggles is introduced, that terminology. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he calls him a muggle, doesn't he? Which is like one of those things, as, as I said in the first episode, I think, like there is certain Harry Potter shit that is just like, part of the sort of everyday language that people use now and yeah that's something that i'm aware of because because there's like so much information happening here i was a bit like harry i was like you know a lot of questions being brought Mm. up to speed um and there's loads of stuff which is like i was kind of aware of despite never really reading or watching it that is mentioned at this point um and so it's basically like a way of it's like a it's a construct, isn't it, to, to drip feed information to the reader and like start bringing them up to speed as well as Harry. I'll repeat that last sentence. So he's like a, a good Hagrid's like a good device for just basically uh, telling everyone about the world, the wizard world, including the readers. I had made a note about that. I I just said you know there's lots of like well world building going on here via Hagrid. Was there any particular element of the? The world building that stood out to you? You mentioned there's a few things that you were already kind of aware of, but anything that stood out to you? Yeah, not not really. I think it's like sort of Harry Potter 101, this section. He's also very, <laughs> very insensitively delivers it all. Like, I, I feel he's not going to get a job as a sort of you know, counsellor or something. He was, he, was, no, well. he was just chucking it out left, right and centre. Harry dealt with it pretty well, to be fair. Yeah, I think that's because Harry's, finally, Harry's hearing, like, you had parents and they loved you. Whereas, 
or he's the narrative in his head is knowing absolutely nothing about his parents and just that they died in a car crash so I think really anything is preferable to what he's any information is um comforting for him in 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 a sense yeah and and then you know he's he's asked just to bed down for the night as if he's just gonna yeah (laughs) um my question is out of 10 how much did you love the chapter uh, I mean, it's pretty, there's not a huge amount going on. It's pretty sort of, I, I, it's, it's like a utility chapter. It was like, it served a purpose, but I enjoyed the bit where he cooked some sausages. That was nice. Yeah, and the cake? Cake, yeah. Yeah, a bit of cake. Fair yeah. Enough. What about the tail? The tail. What tail? The piggy tail. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a nice, nice little touch. It's really dark yeah. when he's getting it like surgically removed. Just a casual <laughs> reference in the next chapter. <laughs> Horrendous. You you mentioned you weren't necessarily that surprised, or there's nothing that really stood out to you. You've said that you knew some of what was in this chapter. Can I just be a bit more specific? So Hagrid goes into quite a lot of detail about Harry's particular backstory, why he's famous what the background, oh, you know, the rise of this guy called Voldemort, the murder of his parents. How much of that were you aware of? So I, I knew, I, I think I knew something about the parents. I didn't remember that they were like, obviously they were famous wizards. Um, right. I, 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 I thought like he was just a kind of a regulation orphan. Okay, talk us through chapter five, because they, they leave the, the shack in chapter five. Yeah, um, it's, it's basically shopping, isn't it? They go shopping. Um, that's, <laughs> that's what's happening. Here. Yeah, they go shopping. Yeah. Like I, a day at Westfields. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, you know, yeah, slightly more interesting. But it's also interesting that obviously, you know, in terms of as a kid relating to this, we've all been there doing the kind of pre, pre-new term shopping of like uniform and uh, pencils and pencil cases and that kind of stuff. But this is obviously a little bit more interesting um i've got one one question about the size of hagrid right who Mm. she says he's twice the height of a normal person so we're talking Mm. 12 foot and five times as wide well hold on rob hold on normal people aren't six feet normal people are about average five foot eight it's sort of yeah, 10, he's 10 11 man. foot we're looking at. All right, he's, he's, he's a big fan. Well, not 10. Like, we're not twice Tom Wansey. Yeah, Come that... on. Oh, that's low. Niche. Literally. Niche for the listeners, although most of them will know him personally. So he's about 12 foot, and he's, he's five times as wide, she says. Could be a bit of artistic license, but I feel like his size must have to change quite a bit as he then goes about, like, in the sort of real world. So I'd like to see how that works on the film I mean I'd say I'd like to see it I just want to see a clip but I'm going to watch another thing but um, because he, he's knocking about on the tube he's going into pubs like it's it's uh, yeah I don't know how it works anyway well it says he takes up a good few spaces on the tube and obviously they get loads of funny looks don't they and um, he gets stuck in the barrier guess, probably yeah. one of those wide yeah. um, well like baggage barriers yeah, as well yeah, yeah he doesn't specify that. Um, um, yeah, they're doing they're doing a terrible. That's one another one of the points. They're doing a terrible job here of, of covering up the fact that they're sort of magic. Because there's a the reference to I think is when they're rowing on the boat or something. He's, 
he's moaning about the Ministry of Magic, like covering up, failing to cover up. Well, their job is to keep a difference between the two worlds or something. And they're just knocking about on the tube. I, I do know what you mean there, but I also have to say, like, how many netters do you see on the tube that you just say, mate, you're from no. a different world? Like, remember that time where where I kept seeing this llama in Camden? Um, <laughs> and I was like, I'd constantly be talking about the llama in Camden. And then one time, Tab came with me to Camden, and I was like, oh my God, Tab, it's a different llama. And it was just a different... Phil, you've got to stop going to the zoo and just thinking that you're just, like, hanging around with your friends. I think you walk around London, you walk around Cardiff, you walk around anywhere, and there's, like, there's a guy around where I live who just constantly plays drums on bins. Um, I haven't got, a, like, a direct, you know, there's no, there's no in-book canon answer to that that says Hagrid, like, looks normal size to muggles or anything like yeah. that. But at the end of the day, he's just a, he's just a massive bloke. Yeah. You know, he's he's not going around doing, um, you know, pulling rabbits out of hats, uh, you know, making stuff float, yeah, th- that kind of thing in front of the muggles. He's just walking around being a big guy, laughing at parking. Yeah, pieces. to be fair, I squared it off in that, like, you know, J.K. Rowling was just um, using a bit of artistic license. He's not actually that big. I mean, he's tall, but he's I'm massive, gonna... but he's not 12 foot. I think it's one of those things of it, yeah, it is a kid's book, and saying twice as the height of a normal person or a normal man is a nice way of putting it, yeah. isn't it? And it mm. sounds like you're, it sounds, it just sounds really big. To yeah. <laughs> when I asked you before about, was there any element of the world building that surprised you? I thought you might bring up the Ministry of Magic and I was going to ask you about it directly. Does that surprise you? There's a Ministry of Magic. There's like an administrative arm of the yeah. government for magic. Yeah. Any yeah, thoughts? Admin. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess they're sort of, you know, got to have some sort of governance. Um, but it sounds like, you know, there's a there's a fella at the top who's not not qualified for the job. Bit of satire there from from rolling. <laughs> if I'd asked you just, you know, a couple of months ago who's the head of the Ministry of Magic in the first book, would you have known? One hundred percent. Oh yeah. Yes, we would. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we okay. Um, my another question is the leaky cauldron is there a has there been like a sort of uh, pub created in real life that's given this name i don't know no i don't know i assumed it would be like a, yeah, like a money spinner someone would like make a sort of themed pub i mean obviously i'm sure there's like one in the whatever it is the, the harry potter the resort in, place in orlando wherever yeah. it is uh, but I don't think there's one in London. We were talking about where it was, actually, weren't we? Yeah, Phil, the explanation of where it is in London. Anyone got any thoughts on um, where that is specifically? Um, I would say, well, I would only go with very, very central. Um, it doesn't... From, I, oh, does it give sorry, away Phil. any more information? Do, do we know what tube they came up from? What tube stop they came mm, up from? No. We don't, but it, com- it comes out onto a busy road. Right. And we know it's not far from Co- Tottenham Court Road. And there's an escalator, so it can't be mm-hmm. Covent Garden. Well, Tottenham Court Road comes out onto Busy Road with escalators, doesn't it? But, it... but I don't I don't think it is Tottenham Court Road, because I feel like the way they said, oh, it's near the Lee Codron, it's like, oh, it's not right here. Leicester Square? I don't, know. I don't feel corner. like it is. Sorry, this is mental. Like, it's That's not, exactly. it's not there. What, what are we talking about? 
Is there? I think it's Leicester Square. I think it's. I think it's. Yeah, I think it's on Charing Cross Road, somewhere between Leicester Square oh, and Tottenham Court yeah, Road. Pop down there, mate. Go and have a look. Thoughts. Rob. Anyway. Rob. They're going to the, Rob. They're, Rob, go they're on. Going go to, on. They go to the bank, um, which, yeah, and get, get drawers money out. Uh, mm-hmm. Goblins. I enjoyed the goblins. I like a goblin. <laughs> um, I like the sort of vibe that they give off. Uh and then yeah, he's, he's basically just shopping for all his uh, all his different bits and pieces. Uh, they're on his list. Gets his wand, gets his uh, pot or something, his robes. Uh, gets mugged off by some other fellow who's getting um, sort of what's it measured up for his robes as well. It sounds like a bit of a prick. Um, and I think that's it, isn't it? Rob, we had a we had a listener question. Okay. Um, which is, you know, worth bringing up now. Um, obviously, yeah, you saw Harry get his wand. You probably recognise the wands are made of different woods. They've got different cores, different lengths, different kind of, you know, uh, properties. Any thoughts on what your wand would be like? I mean, what what are you expecting me to say there? <laughs> How long is it? <laughs> <laughs> Look at you guys, absolutely loving this. Nerds with your innuendos. It's a it would be exactly like a drumstick. Okay. Okay. The lolly. <laughs> <laughs> like... No, an actual drumstick. Just straight wooden. And what would be the core, Rob? What would be running through the middle? Uh, What's the core? Chocolate. Cool. I reckon it's like MDM Oh, brilliant. Well. So drumsticks, I don't know. Maybe they're often made of pine. They look like pine to me, drumsticks. I'm sure drummers listening will, will complain about that. A pine drumstick-shaped one. That's probably about that's 16, really inches. It's more than a, How more than a foot, 16? isn't it? And a, and, a, and a chocolate core. I mean, that would do some damage, <laughs> I reckon. In the wrong hands. Brilliant. Any sort of final thoughts on... Chapter five, or should we move yeah, on? Yes, move on. Move on to chapter six. Platform nine and okay. three quarters. Go ahead. Um, so obviously, he's, he's a tough, tough old month. He's gone back to the Dursleys, which is a bit weird. Um, they're obviously like a bit off with him. Well, not that they haven't been already, but things are slightly different. He's counting down the days um, yeah. to the start of term, which we've all been there. Uh, what's going on with I had a question here about what's happening to his normal school place because obviously he's not going to turn up at the school he's been enrolled in I don't think they care I reckon they wouldn't yeah. let him know no but the school might contact the, you know yeah maybe they Bursley. would let them know just to stop them from looking into it because they don't want yeah. anyone and I reckon they just um, call up Stonewall and just say like Harry's going to boarding school that's interesting, isn't it? Because well, actually, we know what they say, and you it, have but like... it said in the second, at the beginning of the second book, we find out what they have told other people. It isn't really a massive spoiler. Yeah, we do. No, no, yeah, we do. But but what I mean is, like in general, like when children who are like obviously muggle children who yeah. are registered and obviously like legally have to have an education, whether it's at school or at home. But if you're homeschooled, you have to, be, you know. 
there's certain things you have to do. I reckon the ministry um, take care of it. Like, I reckon the ministry say? are like... Yeah, they've got an insider yeah, in the They say, like, oh, do you want us to take care of the school place for you? And they, that's what I reckon would have happened with Hermione. Guys, I, oh, I right. think this is quite deep dive. <laughs> I think this is quite deep dive. Let's keep Rob. Rob doesn't yeah. want to get stuck in these weeds. He, he had an, mm-hmm. an honest question. It's a, good, it's a good question. We're going off on one. Rob, crack on, mate. Chapter six. Tell us out. Tell us out. Yeah, so out he, he ends up getting a lift to the station from from Vernon, which is a uh, yeah surprising bit of a plot hole, I reckon. Although you know. We then get the sense that Vernon's just doing it to because uh, he knows it's all ridiculous and he thinks he's just going to be mugged off and left there. Th- there's like this thing that I keep bringing up about the magic world being like not kept secret at all. Again, like they're just all at the station with owls and shit and like in their robes and running into barriers and disappearing and stuff. And no one's batting an eyelid. Like it's it's. It's, it's flagrant. It's absolutely flagrant. I think, Rob, they do mention, though, that they they change Robes. into their Rob's. Their Rob's. Robes. Robes. Your Rob. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. They change into their robes on the train, so they're, they're in not. It, they're in muggle clothes. I thought Harry did that just because he was embarrassed. It mentions at least Harry and Ron get yeah but i would go back to the world is a weird place i love rowling's point about just like we get so caught up in well i've got to be somewhere at the same time that we don't even notice how weird people are i agree rob this is king's cross train station at 11 30 in in the morning it's gonna be you know People in and out all over the place. No one's paying Everyone's attention. Everyone's got somewhere like, to be. You know, some somebody walks through a wall. It, you know, they did it. It's fine. No, no, there's no big crash. They don't bump Fair into enough. it. Yeah. <laughs> they just disappear. Um, so, yeah, we meet we meet this uh, ginger family, um, and the mum's like quite helpful. Tells them how to how to get through. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we we meet Ron Weasley. On the train, he's meeting all the sort of school kids who are going there. There's all the these various different characters. There's the twins uh, who actually that well, that bit was actually quite funny. Good. Hermione pops in, who's obviously a bit of a knob. And then we meet Draco Malfoy. He's come in, who's a proper knob. Um, really establishes himself as such quite early on. Knob, yeah. Also, Harry's like. Yeah, gives him a bit of sass. I would have thought he'd be a bit meeker, but he, um, and then there's a bit of bullying going on. Mm-hmm. They eat some sandwiches and sweets. Uh, then they arrive at Hogwarts. They're in boats again, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hagrid's there to arrive, yep. to meet them on arrival. Um, yeah, it's all that sort of chaos of first day at school, kids everywhere. Someone's toad goes missing. Uh, <laughs> and. Oh, yeah, there's, there's a little rat as well. Trevor. Yeah. That. So they have to have an animal, do they? That's... No, but they're allowed one. Okay. And it has to be... Cat or rat or so owl. Or toad. No, cat or... Yeah. Or toad. Because um, new students may bring a cat. Rob... It doesn't mention one of them that they are allowed on the letter. 
Yeah, must be the yeah, rat. You're right. I think it says cat, owl, or toad. Yeah, because Hagrid says don't have a toad because no one, they're not cool. Yeah. So why's he got a rat? Then? Interesting. Well, it's just a family rat. He said he get he gets it. It's a knockoff mm-hmm. rat from his older brother. Yeah, he's got a new owl, I think. Millers, Phil, any more questions yeah, for like, Rob on? You're, you've arrived at Hogwarts. Like, how do you feel? Yeah, I mean, there's not a huge amount of description going on from from Rowling. She's not really painted a picture of it, other than it's like a big sort of castle, and there's a bit of water in front of it. Like I, I, I was saying before, like I could try and visualise it, but I wasn't getting wasn't getting much. Thought she really? could have a bit more description, yeah. Yeah, I suppose, you know, it does come later. But you know that there's this big lake in front of it that they're going across and they go through the reeds and it's on the top of this, like, I'm not sure if it's described as a hill or a mountain, but it kind of emerges and you see Hogwarts. Like, did you get excited? Um, I'm interested to see what happens next, but I'm not um, excited. It's probably a bit strong. Okay. <laughs> Rob, what did you make of Ron Weasley and the, the introduction of the of the, the family and his siblings and all He's that? He's just sort a sort of absolutely bog standard kid, isn't he? Just a, just a lad at school. Um, he's obviously getting a little bit like bit of bullying. He's he's quite a sort of stock standard average average fella, I guess. He's the um, yeah. There was always families like that at school in there where there's like there seems to be one in every year, Kingy. I do have I do have one question actually, which is so obviously I've done these six chapters. By the way, these these three very much felt like homework compared to the last one. <laughs> I just had that thing where I was like I knew when we were recording and I was like, oh god, I have to I haven't done that yet to read them. <laughs> but when I did I got I got stuck in. Um, but yeah, so six chapters. I was looking at the book, I'm kind of like almost halfway through. I was wondering, is this is this like a standalone good story within this book or is the whole book like a bit of an intro to everything as in if if there were no other books in the series would it be thought of as like a classic yeah yeah I I, 100% I, I believe so and I think it was like it has made a name for itself before it was a series um I think it's a it's a nice standalone children's story but I do think that the the real joy and magic in it mm. of it is the series. Cynically, Rob, and this might, you know, not not to be, you know, say you're cynical or anything, but might might be an answer that you you're, you're well on board with. Um, you know, they're not going to commit to publishing a series of seven books all in one, are they? I, I imagine when she got the, the book deal, it was for this book, and therefore it had to sort of work on yeah. its own. Otherwise, it was just never going to get anywhere. I think what he's and, saying is, is yeah, it good? Yeah, it is. I think it's very good on its own, yeah. And I don't think it would have ever been published mm. unless it was very good on its own. Okay. So there, there is a genuine kind of story within it. Oh, you know, in, in some series, there's like a... Um, and especially with this, when there's like so much stuff to explain and like random kind of worlds. Um, how did you feel when you met <laughs> Steedless Diggle again? Did we meet him? What? What, 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 when was it? Unbelievable. I can't believe you missed that. He was in the league. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was mentioned, but we didn't, we didn't like, he wasn't introduced. Yeah, so he's mentioned, oh, about the fireworks, like shooting stars going off in Canada. I bet that was delisted, Diggle. But you realise when you meet him in the Leaky Cauldron that he's the man that bowed to Harry in the shop 
in the first that's mentioned in the first chapter so at that point you realize that oh, you've I met see. him up so you wouldn't have realized the first time he was mentioned that he's actually then mentioned in the following chapter but not by name okay does he does he appear again oh, what a... do you think mm. <laughs> you don't waste a <laughs> name like that Rob. depends on the value you put on it Rob there was a shout out there was a shout out for football um during these chapters did that yeah when, did he, when he was explaining um explaining uh quidditch he said it's like reading that back reading that back i really felt yeah you're right hagrid is like mr exposition in these chapters he's just he's a really good nice he's a great character but he's also a very useful device at this point Mm -hmm. to just explain stuff and that for me is the the moment where the thin barrier between a real character and just there to explain shit collapses a little bit when Hagrid says, oh, it's like football. <laughs> yeah, How does Hagrid know about football? Hagrid definitely does not know anything about football. He, he never Bring mentioned that football standing. was ever, ever mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what Hagrid thinks. Hagrid can't fit in the uh, all-seater stadiums because of the bloody seats. He has to buy six season tickets. <laughs> Absolute joke. No, yeah, it, he football is mentioned again, but the idea of Hagrid bringing it up and being like, "Oh, it's just like football." You get that, I get that. Is is yeah, where the exposition just becomes a bit, a bit. All right, save this for deep dive. Come on, I've got to go. <laughs> Sorry to keep okay. you. Okay, next three chapters much. is it? So, oh my god, it's so exciting. Go on. The Sorting Hat. Okay. The Potions Master. Hmm. And the midnight jewel. Jewel is in like a stone or a fight. Rob. It's as in a fight. Yeah, jewel. Jewel. Okay. Dual. Yeah. And that will and that will take you up to like way oh. way past halfway. Rob, thank you very much once again for joining us. Um, I hope you love the next three chapters. No problem. Um, See you again soon. Good luck. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye, Bye Rob. Rob. He's gone. He's gone. Thoughts, immediate thoughts. Like, fresh, I can't just, believe he can't talk. picture Hogwarts. That's like the bigger shock for me. That like he, I find that shocking. But it's... No, I just find it a bit shocking because I, I know I could. Uh... I wonder if that's just like, and I don't feel like that's a youth thing. I feel like you just imagine things completely. You just do naturally, and then they amend as time goes on. But I do. I feel like you owe. Hogwarts only mentioned right at the end, like right at the end of the chapter, and it's not no. really like the focus of the chapter. But I feel like you start to think about Hogwarts and the castle more, like as time goes on. You maybe in the next chapter, I guess... and then this, yeah. I think when you compare when you compare the level of detail that I'm I'm just remembering this, but when you compare the level of detail that's on Diagon Alley where she mentions so many things, you know, mm-hmm. tiny details, that woman complaining about the price of dragon's liver, um, compared to the level of description that you get from Hogwarts in this in this last chapter, I do think that a much more vivid picture of paint yeah. is painted of uh, the street rather than the castle. I think that comes, that comes in time because, again, kids' book, kids don't really want no. long descriptive passages about that kind of thing. Um, 
it's not it's not what appeals to them it's not what sells you know it's a castle on a yeah. mountain there's a lake boom yeah, yeah. i think our, our picture is obviously built over time really if you look at the end of this chapter there's not like no. a huge amount of detail in there the single biggest takeaway he didn't mention, he didn't mention the stone oh my gosh he didn't the mention the fucking philosopher's stone and then he asks us at the end yeah. you know is there a story to this book and you what, mean in terms of the title? Yeah. Well, he asks, like, he asks, I'm like, nearly halfway through so the book, is there, like, any the kind of actual then. story here? And I'm like, no. I'm like, yes, mate. I almost said to him, like, have you read the front of the book, Rob? Like, do you think that, you know, do you think that was just, like, a waste of words, that bit where they went down to a yeah. high-security vault and picked up a package? And the book is called The Philosopher's Stone. I'm pretty sure I, as like a seven-year-old, figure out, figured out The Philosopher's Stone was in that package. Oh, my God, I did. I don't know no, if I No, I did. think I'm exaggerating. Yeah. But I'm amazed. I'm amazed that he didn't even mention it. Like, yeah. I thought, hands down, he was going to come out and say, oh, yeah, and they went to Gringotts and Hagrid picked yeah. up what I assume is The Philosopher's Stone. And also, he didn't mention, like, oh, it, the, he, he didn't mention Quiver. teacher. Like it's not an accident that they that they met that teacher then early on and started to build that character. That's not an accident. What that suggests to me, guys, is that um, he is yeah. underestimating the intricacy of the story, and hopefully he is going to be blindsided by what a lot of what comes next, which is one of the greatest things about the Harry Potter books. They they blindside you all the time. I can't wait for him to meet. Alan <laughs> So, I mean, does it, did anyone have any sort of general, like, deep dive things that they wanted to bring up off the back of these chapters? Uh, I've got one question. Mm-hmm. I've got a few, but I can, one I can remember. Go ahead. Um, can we get more wine before you ask the question? We'll just cut sake. this out. Yeah. What wine are you I do not getting? trust you to cut that out. Um, what hat do you think Hagrid was in? Yeah, we know it. Do we know that, or is that just a guess? Right. How, when do we know? I don't know, but definitely... He doesn't say it in this one, does he? Because when they bring up houses, he says he just says, "Oh, everyone thinks no. Hufflepuff is a load of duffers," and then um, Harry's like, "I bet I'm in Hufflepuff." Um, I know one hundred percent for a fact that Hagrid is a Hufflepuff. I know it's mentioned one hundred percent, but I don't know where. Listeners, if you know, uh, do you know what? I might Google it now. Uh, I didn't realize that that we knew for sure. I mean, I feel like Hufflepuff is Hufflepuff is probably the yeah. obvious op- like answer anyway um i think the only other like yeah. argument oh, would yeah. be for gryffindor mm. um but he's i didn't definitely know not the other sure. two is he i mean he's not raven he's not Slytherin. but there's definitely an argument that he could be gryffindor there was a lot of chat with rob about how hagrid explained um you know explained a lot about the world and the, and the backstory and everything and i mean the line he didn't have enough human yes left that's in so it, i know that struck me as well Obviously, I don't think Hagrid has any yeah. idea how close he is to the truth there. But again, just another kind of yes. JK just laying it out pretty much from the start. Yeah. Voldemort isn't dead because, well, we all know why, having read the story. But, you know, he's yeah. put it in a way there that's quite succinct. Um, but sounds, when you're just hearing it for the first time, that, you know, Hagrid's just giving his opinion. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it is a kind of little... Um clue it's a little breadcrumb it's, it's a little, little breadcrumb, breadcrumb towards what will, the truth will come but it's not deliberate on the part of Hagrid Hagrid doesn't know and no. what Hagrid just means is is when we say that someone's not human in in just in that they're an awful person mm. how do you think 
How do we think, guys? I know, that's an interesting one. And I remember looking at this before. Flu and flu. I remember that when I first found out about flu powder, I thought, did he use flu powder to get to the rock? I know that doesn't make complete sense because the fireplace is indoors. But it's definitely spelled F-L-E-W when he says it. Yeah. I think there are two options... Broomstick or Thestral. Where does it go? Because the, he's not going to leave a broomstick there because they go back on the on the boat. On the boat. And all, and also we in um, the what is it seventh book when they finally leave Privet Drive. Hagrid is on the motorbike because he says that yes. he's too heavy for a broomstick. I think. That early on in the story, you kind of think, oh, well, he's ma- he can do magic, he can fly. Like, he must have just flown like yeah. a bird would fly or, or yeah. whatever. Um, but then having read more, you know that, oh, Voldemort yeah. can fly without any broomstick or anything. And that is That's a big something deal. to be remarked on. That yeah. is because he is a very, very accomplished, albeit dark, wizard. And Hagrid didn't even complete three years and he doesn't have a what you know he he he, there's I don't think really we can believe that Hagrid could fly there without any I think it must be Thestra and because he says oh um we better go back in this I'm not supposed to use magic now I've got you here and um and Mm. so he must also be concealed so it suggests that he does use magic now getting on a broom mm. or getting on a thestral isn't using magic does that make sense it there's not a spell being performed so yeah exactly especially yeah. a thestral because um, that's just an animal and yes, Hagrid can, can see them I'm pretty sure because he I think so but he can his dad die um, Definitely if the Thestral was still on the rock and he was like, he'd left him there, tied him up and said, like, I'll be back out in the morning, Harry would have seen <laughs> No, Harry wouldn't have seen it. Because Harry doesn't see it until after no. Cedric. No, he wouldn't. No, because yeah. Harry yes. is not conscious that um, he's seen I've death. I've just Googled yeah. Hagrid's house and apparently it is never said in the books. And the debate is exactly what you said, Millis, Hufflepuff or, or Gryffindor. Come on, he'd suit yellow. I'd go Huffle. Listeners. Yeah, listeners. listeners. Let us know. I mean, I am a strong advocate for Hufflepuff, and I think that Hagrid is he's so loyal. A yeah. Very loyal person, and he's a very hard worker. However, he is brave. Uh, is it definitely? I would skew towards Hufflepuff. I think I'm Hufflepuff. He because actually the things that he does that we consider brave, I think he doesn't consider. And it's about an overriding quality. And if you think about difficult. his loyalty to Dumbledore, like he doesn't ever question him, like ever, yeah. not for a second. So I would definitely go with loyalty. I think we've got to talk about Quirrell because um, obviously massive character. Rob sort of skirted over him a little bit again, I think, probably underestimating the, the, the you know, he can't, 
for some reason, he can't yes. see the story that's being built around him. He's like, what's the story going to be here, guys? It's like, yeah, the, the story's already... Like, if we're building a house, the foundations have been laid, the walls are going up, and you're in the living room. Being like, where's, where's the fucking... What's going on? Um, what, is there going to be a house here someday? No. So, let's talk about Quirrell. Um How did he get the job again? No. This, this is probably no, he had the job Because nobody's had it. Nobody... But... Yes, but he left when he came back, so you no, they don't keep... They don't keep. Uh, but they don't. No, they don't say that. And you could Is be that right. Eh, you could be right. They don't say that specifically. Yeah. But Hagrid definitely knew him before. Hagrid said, but "Oh, that, he was really good when he just studied it." Like, think about it. there aren't that the many book. kids at Hogwarts. Hagrid's been there as a gamekeeper for nearly fifty years. Like he'd have known because he says he was fine when he was studying out of books. But then he went to get some first-hand experience. So we know that he was yeah. studying before. Um, so I reckon Hagrid would just know Quirrell, would have known Quirrell from prior. This this is... I, all... Sorry. I Minus. always had the impression that he was the teacher, then he went mm. away for a year, like kind of took a sabbatical get more practical experience, and then came back a very different person. Obviously, that's not written down. That's just kind of like what I... Yeah, that sabbatical idea does seem to make sense because there's just one thing that Hagrid said that slightly kind of confused me, and it wasn't so much when he said about, oh, he was okay reading out of books because although this is never said, I don't rule out the idea that Hogwarts has something like teaching assistants or graduate students who are like in and around the castle and might be studying in the library and kind of mm. training to be teachers or assisting the teachers in some way uh like that definitely is never in the story but yeah, like I'm not it, any of that. It could, <laughs> <laughs> is making up a sabbatical and i'm just like oh maybe there are tas and she's like fuck off well, <laughs> why don't we hear about them why don't we hear about your little sabbatical no it's you're you're right man. no you're you're right anyway the point is, Hagrid says, he lists a load of things that he's scared of. And he says, scared of students, scared of his students. And and I, and I just want to say, for listeners, this is not a Harry Potter plot holes podcast. Like, you can find them all you want. You can find all the lists you want. I really don't care about plot holes that much because uh, they don't bother me while I'm reading the book. Um, but that did just confuse me a little bit. Like, yeah, he's, scared of his students. he's scared of his students. And I'm like... Well, the only time that I could think that he could possibly have been around students is that maybe he's kind of like a sort of supply teacher or something that lives in yeah. the castle. Um, but yeah, it seems to me just like maybe he's been the defense against the dark arts teacher for a few years. And that kind of cursed teacher position is just something the students come up with or she decides it at a later point. No, let me make myself clear. I'm not suggesting that he's been there for a few years. I'm suggesting he was there for a year, yeah. then he took a year off and then he came back for a year. I um, I believe in the curse. But Hagrid says he went away and then he came back scared. He's scared of his students. He's scared of this. He's scared of that. So the scaredness of students, where is Hagrid getting that from? It, I think it's just a line that's wrong. Guys, you can choose it to be an error or you can choose that maybe there aren't there isn't such a strict kind of like one teacher for one year, one teacher for one year thing. And it's more just like, a oh, no one, 
no one's like Snape or McGonagall who's been that teacher for like 40 years, which is the done, which is the done thing at Hogwarts. Uh, there's another possibility, which is that he was teaching something else. I think it is just a wrong line. But guys, can we just, just a quick question for you. <laughs> is Hagrid actually trustworthy? <laughs> Uh, no, no. When, I can't believe Rob didn't comment on him going to the pub while he was meant to be looking after Harry. Yeah. Kids get a Little Harry, first day in the wizarding world, no bearings, doesn't know anyone, hardly knows how the money works. Yeah, he's going to be completely screwed over with the money. And Hagrid's like, oh, I need a pint. <laughs> You'll be all right, won't you? One other thing that Millers and I discussed was, and and Rob kind of. Rob touched, obviously, on the the role that Hagrid has to play in telling Harry his backstory. Yeah. Hagrid is clearly not prepared for that. Dumbledore, however, you know, Hagrid makes mention that it might be difficult to get hold of Harry. But we feel convinced that Dumbledore must surely sort of be aware that Harry doesn't know anything at all. Yeah, I agree. At this point. So why do you think Dumbledore sent Hagrid in without specifically preparing Hagrid for that? Because I think that with all its um, with all its flaws, as no, it's not necessarily the best way to find any of this information out. It's still probably the best way for Harry because I think Hagrid does have this um, kind of grounding that, you know, it says he couldn't help but trust him. And Hagrid and Harry do have a bond. Hagrid, I think, is the most um, maternal, um, the the biggest parental figure to Harry in the early stages of the book because he is so open, he is so emotionally available, isn't he? Like, he, and he Mm. adores, he adores Harry and they spent that time together as a baby. And I imagine that even before Hagrid walked in and met Harry again and realised that he's still exactly the person that he imagined he would grow into, he would have protected him against anything. And so I think Hagrid is the right person. He's not going to think too much into different things. He's not going to do what Dumbledore would do, which is be really careful about what he says and what he doesn't say and you know, he says things like, well, maybe he doesn't have enough human left in him to die because he just says what he thinks. He just knows what he knows. And Millis, what were your thoughts? Sorry, sorry, Phil, do you want to finish that sentence? No, just that I think actually Hagrid's was the best person to do it. Millis? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all of that. I um, I just think that I, I feel... Dumbledore's a bit funny, isn't he? And I think he kind of like almost plays trust he almost plays people a bit like puppets at times. I think he's setting them up. He's almost matchmaking um Hagrid and Harry to to forge that kind of relationship that you describe, Phil, because he knows that Harry has not had a happy start to his luck. Well, he has not had a happy time at the Dursleys. Um and he hasn't had the kind of figures and role models that he that you would hope that a a, a young person would have, um, and he want that he's setting Harry and Hagrid up to have this bond, um, and I think part of that is almost not fully equipping Hagrid for the job 
Yeah, and don't forget as well, um, at the end of the book, this book, where Hermione says, or Har no, Harry says, I almost think Dumbledore wanted it to happen like this. I almost think he wanted me to find out about, about Fluffy and about the stone. And don't forget, like, nearly all that information comes from Hagrid. Mm. And yeah, so if, I mean, this yeah. is another way where Dumbledore is incredibly irresponsible. And manipulative. I mean, we, 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 exactly. we will come, irresponsible and manipulative. We will come to the, irres you know, the recklessness and manipulation of Albus Dumbledore, I am sure, many times on this podcast. Dumbledore is very nervous about getting too close to Harry. Yeah. Um, and we, we find that out explicitly later, but it's it's already quite, you know, kind of apparent in the first few books. Um, they tend to more kind of like steal glances at one another rather than actually talk, which yeah. is amazing when you kind of think about the last three books where they're constantly talking. Um, so, yeah, that just practically Dumbledore knows he can't do it. So the next best person is the open book who he knows will be able to get a lot of feedback from. Um, who's Hagrid? Any other, any other sort of deep divey thoughts on... On these chapters, I loved I loved meeting Ron. I mean, re I'm I'm really pleased to hear that um, Rob found the twins funny. Yeah, he said it was actually quite funny, which I think is good. You know, it's obviously made him. Laugh, yeah, because he said it. he might oh, have just... smiled during the first few chapters, but that was all he would commit to. So I've got a question from Joanna, just related to this spoilers <laughs> worry that I've got. What, if anything, are you guys most worried about potentially spoiling for Rob? Just accidentally during the course of the conversation. Snape. Just Snape yeah, in general. That's the one, 100%. isn't it? I just, I, right, can I just say that throughout, and I remember even us having conversations about this because the last book wasn't out when we all met. But I was always, always knew that Snape was going to wind up a good guy. I remember we knew each other. We had conversations about this when Half-Blood Prince had come out and Snape had gone off with the Death Eaters and had killed Dumbledore. And I always, always said, there'll be a reason, there'll be a reason, there'll be a reason. Because he's such a caricature of a bad, a baddie that there's no way Rowling would let him be a baddie because she's so much more... She Her characters have so much more depth than that. We had um, we had another question uh, from a listener, Tommy. Um, this he, he didn't phrase it so much as a question, but he messaged me about something, and I thought I'd sort of rephrase it as a question. He thinks there are many things that Rob is going to really struggle okay. with um, in terms of accepting... As, he, as like plot devices, I suppose, as he reads the book. So of these three things, which one do you think Rob is going to struggle with and complain about the most? The Time Turner, the Marauder's Map, or the Room of Requirement? <laughs> God, which one comes first? The, the, the Map it's and the, the Time book. Turner are both in three, aren't they? I think... The yeah, I think the Time Turner... I, I think he's... I think he'll struggle with the time turner. I think it's going to be the map. I think he's going to be annoyed about the map because it's but, so it, it's such an impossible item to sort of imagine in use. Yeah. 
that's what it would be so difficult to use. Yeah, it would be hard to use. Uh. The thing is, the time turner is the time turner, and we shouldn't dwell too much on it because we are going to be having some blazing rows about the time yeah, turner, definitely. I'm sure, when we get round to book three. With um, the map, you need to be able to like, hone in on things. Well, the... For me, as long as you can control which floor you're looking at, it's pretty straightforward. But maybe, again, maybe we yeah. shouldn't get into this because we're going to spend a lot of air time on this on when we get to Azkaban. Really nice to have some really good questions from the listeners there. Please fire them at me. If you have like general podcasty type questions, um, like those were more for us, then get them in now about any element of the book. We'll always put them in the deep dive so it doesn't spoil for Rob. Obviously, if you've got a more like content specific question about um, the chapters that we've just covered, uh, do let us know because we will ask Rob directly during his section. Um, coming back to these three chapters, and we're basically just coming coming back to Rob yeah. and Rob's reading of this. It's, it's all about Rob. So interesting what he picks up on and mm. what he doesn't, mm. because he didn't mention Quirrell. He, frankly, like through those three chapters, was kind of like, oh yeah, nothing, oh, nothing much happens, and nothing much happens, and he didn't talk much about the detail, even though. Diagonally is like so detailed. Even the Hogwarts Express, like I love that all the descriptions of the different things they get from the trolley. Yeah. All these lovely he didn't I was really interested that he mentioned Scabbers by name. Yeah. I he think he's... Up, like, he wasn't just like, oh yeah, the rat. Like, His personality is that he would yeah, he would notice something like that and, and remember it and appreciate it, I think. Funny like, it's like interesting. Oh, and he doesn't well, appreciate... Like... Excuse me. He did not appreciate <laughs> <laughs> Well, like, I noticed how, like, when I said to him, oh, um, you know, like, how did you feel? Was it, was it exciting, this chapter or whatever? He was like, I like the sausages. But then he didn't mention the ice cream in Diagonale and he didn't mention the cauldron cakes. Or the uh, corned beef sandwiches. Can we talk about yes. food? Because, um, number one... Should we wait till next year when they have the feast? No, this, no. Corned beef, disgusting. Bless Mrs. Weezy, but uh, corned beef, no. But the ice cream, like, I am chocolate not a big and fan raspberry of, like, with raspberry nuts. and I thought chocolate. That. Uh, no, like, Vanilla and chocolate, mm. fine. Like the, the chocolate and chocolate nuts, delicious. Do not put it mm. with raspberry. Like I'm not having a raspberry ice cream. Also, I if think... you've just no, if you've just met someone, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna go and get them an ice I'd cream. I go more generic. That's vanilla. too niche. You've got to go Guys, really. He's really like eleven. Generic. He's gonna he's gonna eat the ice cream, whatever it is. Uh, and he's also, eleven. He wants chocolate and just... raspberry. Millers, yeah. going back to the first. And, you know, frankly, only important thing that you said there. Mm. The, um, the ice cream. <laughs> yeah, Rob hasn't picked up. <laughs> yeah, the, the ice creams. Rob, you're right. Rob hasn't picked up on a lot of really important parts of the plot that's being strung together. He is, I think, underestimating is the wrong word, but like he can't see the wood for the trees. He's so kind of bedazzled by like the world that's going up around him. Um uh, the little sort of bits that tag on t- to his brain. You're right. They're not. They're not the the most important bits. It's almost like he's not seeing the most important bits. But that's the book just doing its job. That is the book just doing its job. It really is like he's sat 
in the middle of a house that's being built around him and he hasn't realised yet that it's halfway up. Yeah. We've got Quirrell, we've got the Philosopher's Stone, the mysterious package, and we've got, uh, you know, the wands. He didn't yeah, even, we've got the, the baddie. Wands. He didn't even get, he didn't even it's mention cool. that Harry's been told, yeah. even though we asked him what his core would be, chocolate, by the way, brilliant mm-hmm. answer, but like he didn't even mention, oh yeah, and Harry's, um, Harry's wand has the same core as that Voldemort's one, doesn't it? Isn't that something? Yeah, like, we've got the baddie. And, like, like he didn't even remark upon that. He didn't even remark upon that. I don't think he knows that's going to be the baddie. He's like, How could he not know? No, I don't think he necessarily knows that. No, I don't know if I knew that the package was the Philosopher's Stone when I read it until, obviously, it gets to that point. I didn't. But I, one I thing didn't. I did know. I didn't either. One thing, I read the whole book thinking... Oh my God, is Voldemort going to turn up? I thought that the whole way through the book, I remember thinking, oh my God, but he can't, he can't turn up. Oh my God, but is he going to, how could he be at the bottom of this? You know, I do remember thinking that. I'm a bit scared. I'm a bit scared. <laughs> yeah, well, because you know that he will. But maybe Rob, but Rob doesn't seem to. No, I don't think Rob does. Thank you very much for listening to. Harry Potter Virgin. We will be back next time when Rob is going to have read episode. Oh, sorry, episodes. He's going to have read chapters seven, eight, and nine. Um, if you do have questions, as I say, do get them into us. We do really appreciate them. Um, and it's goodbye from Millers. Bye. Sunshine goodbye Daisies, Buttermellow. Turn this stupid fat rat yellow. Is it Did the it work? have gone a bit funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, have they? Have they? And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. <laughs>